1: <laughs>
0: Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers11. I hope you're all safe and well on this channel. Please consider subscribing and hitting the bell icon so you know For the main time we put new content on. Obviously, we have videos going up daily, but sometimes two, three times a day. And I wouldn't want you to miss any of the great stories, any of the great memories, any of the great players we speak about. Um, so make sure you hit that bell icon. Today's guest, lifelong hammer, George Mann. Hi, George. How are you?
1: Hello, Russ. How are you, mate? You are well?
0: Yeah, not bad, not
1: bad. How's lockdown treating you? It's been okay. Um, I quite uh, I quite enjoyed the lockdown part of it because uh, I had to work from home and um, spent more time with my boy and my wife. And uh, you know, quite often, when I was working at home and um, it's seven o'clock, he doesn't want to go to bed. And I'm knackered, he's knackered. So it's been nice to have some quality time. Yes. Um, I have to say, I wasn't majorly missing the football in my life. <laughs> um, but since it's come back, it's been fun to, you know, we've, the West Ham guys have been connecting on Zoom every Sunday for quizzes. Um, so we kept in contact that way but uh, you know we, we, we watched the first couple of games on Zoom and well, yeah, it wasn't a wholly uh, enjoyable experience yeah the Zoom was great but the, the football less so
0: yeah I know I know I know but it's uh, yeah it's one of those things that someone said to me once you know going, particular, going to West Ham for the last couple of seasons has been a bit of a chore um, but it's a chore they want to bring back and although we moan about it it's, uh, it gives us something new to talk about doesn't it really um, it does. Um
1: we kind of find way, you know, you you find ways every month to make it a bit better when you go over there, really. Um but you know, we, we found we found a kind of an acceptable way, but it's never gonna be what it was at Upton Park. It was never gonna be what it was when you could stroll from the Black Lion to nah. you know, the ground that buddy at three and uh yeah, you know, but it is what it is.
0: It is what it is, exactly. And that that's that's my whole philosophy of life at the moment. Uh, I think it's uh, it's put to be honest, this whole Thing that's happened in the last few months has, has really put a has really put foot into perspective for me. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, you know, it, it's it's a pastime, in it? Where it used to be, I used to be so into it. And, and actually, you have got to think, you know, a pandemic's happened, and you know, it's great that it's come back. It, you know, doesn't matter what oh, happens.
1: Think, yeah, I think it was, I think it's also the fact that you know I, I I've turned down jobs because we'll be out going football. Mm. You know, jobs in America and stuff like that. I don't think i feel that way now because i think that bit of you know there was something so i was born in Plasto and you know my grandparents and everyone else was from there my parents and there was something like so incredibly connected to your identity mm. about going to the bowling which is not there anymore and mm. i think that's why that's kind of the main difference now um I, you know we've still got the mates we still go and you know it's not all been all about at the Olympic Stadium because, you know, for the first time, we've all been able to sit together. We've got a block of 16 of us together. Oh, wow. Um, but it's, you know, yeah, you're right. You know, you, it's a chore you want to come back. You know, you, you, it'd be nice to be able to know you can walk up there, it's completely safe, COVID free, yeah, and watch yeah. a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I
0: right mean, it on a computer screen. Exactly, yeah. And then sort of chatting to your mates properly. And you're right. I mean, the the football is, is, and you know, it has always been secondary to West Ham fans because you wouldn't have been West Ham fans if football was the most important thing. It's about, as you said, sort of seeing your mates and your family connections and things like that. That's that's what's come through, particularly in this series. That sort of community feel. So you know, obviously, meeting people like Mark and stuff like that, and they say, "Oh, get George on," and you yeah. know, and, yeah, and that's and that's what's great. It's sort of this um, sort of yeah, recording all these memories for prosperity more than anything, which is quite nice. Yeah. So. And so, so for you, George, obviously, you know, we sort of alluded to it already. So you were sort of born into a West Ham family, really. So it was
1: Yeah, it was I mean, sort of, um, I've i often thought about this, I think, because uh, I think if I'd have chosen a team, it could have been either Wolves, because I liked John Richards when I was growing up, or Man City, because they had the same awake, they were awake, it was the same as my Cubs team. And I used to like, <laughs> you know, uh, and when I went, I went up to university, I went to Lancaster. Uh, my roommate was a Man City fan, so I used to go to Main Road all the time, uh, but they were really terrible um but you know it it was just never an option for me you know um my uncle who's now 80 sort of you uh took me to my first game you know when i was seven and it was always a thing and i remember sort of sitting at the top of the um stairs where my mum was talking it was my mum's brother-in-law and i was sitting at the top i could tell what they were talking about they were on the phone and go on North Shore's ready to go, and I was saying, oh, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, <laughs> and uh, it was just an amazing experience. You know, the first time you go, they were on the South Bank, and, you know, up game against QPR. It's, it was all the cliches. The crowd was swing, uh, swinging, from side to side. The feet didn't touch the ground, but I just thought it was you know, absolutely exhilarating at that time. Yeah. we were, you, know, you know, you know, I was, I was seven when I went that first time, in seventy-five. And by the time I was twelve, we'd won the cup twice, got into Europe. Yeah, you know, a year later in the League Cup final. So I thought it was all gravy, really. Yeah, but yeah, you know, <laughs> obviously things have been a bit changed since then. But yeah, you know, it was just a massive. You know it was just such a brilliant thing to be. You know, a sort of a schoolboy West Ham fan, even when we went down and whatever else. You just felt that you were really part of something. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: As you say, they they lulled you into a false sense of security, yeah. didn't they, buggers? But West
1: Ham, you know, but it's it's come round because you know. um a lot of friends I have now, I mean, uh, you know, uh, connections I am yeah. when I went to, I, I work at the BBC, and I was at Five Live for, uh, you know, quite a long time. And I met mates through there because of West Ham, because we, yeah. we were both going on our own. So we said, okay, let's go together. Then that group grew and grew and grew, and, you know, the group that's 16 now, mm-hmm. so includes kids and things like that. So, you know, in that way, it's also given me, a, you know, it's not just the stuff that I got when I was a kid, but it's what I got in later life as well. People met through that, so yeah,
0: it is a fantastic thing. Yeah, no, totally. And as you said, with the with the kids, with obviously your 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 kids, and obviously you know uh, the other sixteen, Mark's Mark's sons, and stuff. You know, as you said, it's going to hopefully continue and grow and grow and grow. Which is absolutely brilliant. You'll be taking over the gaff soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm
1: not sure my son's got the same sort of sense of identity because a different sport now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean you can watch it whenever you want. You know, you don't have to go to a game to see a game. No, you so, uh But we'll see how it goes. He's, you know, he was, was uh, wearing his West Ham pyjamas last night. And he insisted his mate was over, who's a Sunderland fan, oh, also, and uh, poor guy. he on having the West Ham. Uh, he insisted on having the West Ham towel when he was drying off after the pool. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair
0: Hopefully enough. It, it does warm the cockles of your heart when you're when you're uh, when my daughter and your son, you know. Ops to pick their West Ham kit. They have all the, my daughter particularly has, as you can imagine, she's an eight-year-old eight year Essex girl. She's got quite an array of, of outfits, but she picks her West Ham kit and it gives me a sense of, ah, oh, there is a little bit. Yeah. There is a little bit in there. Yeah. And particularly I think my,
1: my boy's quite contrary, but so, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> you know, he, do, he, he does play a lot of football, so it's, it's all right. It's always, he can always wear it when he plays football. Yeah. Obviously, in the last three months, he hasn't. But um, I, I think he, he will wear anything but the West Ham kit unless he's playing football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the sale, I just bought a a new Gold kids kit. He's playing quite like a
0: lot Yeah, my, my 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 twenty pound shirt came today, so that was all right. It was my uh, oh, my good. late a late father's oh, present yeah. and my and my face mask as well. My West Ham oh, face ma- club shop face mask. So when I go back when we play Chelsea, um, so that'll be fun. So I'll wear it, unlike and other people wear them. Um, as yeah, well know, yeah. happened last time, but yeah, it's actually quite good. It's, it's one that's you know, you wear glasses yeah. like me. That's the only trouble I've had probably at the moment is the my, my glasses keep steaming up when I put the face my, mask on.
1: Sadly, I've got I've, I, I took delivery yesterday of a very tarty William Morris one because it's the only one I could find that had tire backs. Yeah, in the back to my head. is I've got big head and small ears, so yeah. I bought several masks that just pinged <laughs> off. So, um, I've, yeah, I've got a sort of a one that ties up at the back from something called the radical tea tail company. They're absolutely beautiful. Oh. Uh, but you know, I wouldn't have gone to that much trouble over a mask. It wasn't no, I know, good I know.
0: I, I have incredibly small ears as well for my for my for my head, and uh, yeah, yeah it's, it doesn't. Uh, the 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 ones that the temporary ones, the the, the blue ones. I just can't. I just ugh, no. I don't like them. But yeah, I've got I've got a couple now, so uh, I've got I've got uh, so at least mean at least I'm in colours for when we go <laughs> game yeah. back to the away, get the home games again. We go back to go to Chelsea next week, so we'll see what happens. Um, so so obviously, George, you know, from sort of the seventies onwards, there, there's lots of there's lots of times, particularly happier times earlier on in your career, in terms of, uh, rest of your Ham career in terms of victories and stuff. But is there any sort of like key moments or key games or key goals or any sort of memories which stick
1: out? Which you know,
0: maybe not, maybe not obvious ones. You know, that of your time. No, well,
1: there, there's loads. I mean, I remember sort of. Going, I was at the Iron Track Frankfurt, seventy-five and oh, wow. seventy-six, and uh, yeah, that was my first night game. It was. I've got I've still got. A- wow a scar on my lip where i fell forward onto a stanchion because i was i was sitting on i fell off a stanchion i was sitting on the on the south bank on a stanchion by my uncles and um we scored you know to take us through at the final and uh, i went forward i hit my face on somebody's shoe at the bottom split me. <laughs> in it. but you know i was sitting cheering you know I, I had this a uh, big long coach but i couldn't sort of free my legs yeah so mm-hmm. uh, that, that was a massive one uh there, there's so many but I, mean, I think the what I enjoyed most of all was 1986, the last time game rate six against uh, Ipswich when we won 2-1. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ward went down in instalments to win the penalty. Terry Butcher was absolutely furious. Um, and I went <laughs> when I was working for the BBC, we went to uh, a, a Turkey and there was just a lot of hanging around because there was no England fans allowed there. So and it was all you know, it, thankfully it was very, very peaceful which gave us a lot of spare time. I'll sit and speak to Terry Butcher about it. And he was hilarious about ah, that little sod, Mark Ward. Well, they didn't say sod. And he, he talks about how he went in. He, he caved the referee's dressing room in, went in, got him by the throw-off. Because basically, he essentially relegated it which switch know, 86 as well. Yeah. And we thought we were going to win the um, the title. Dancing on the pitch. just like nothing. You know, best feeling ever. Yeah. And Doug Lush went and spoiled it at Chelsea at the weekend. So, um, you know, yeah, just to show you, you can't trust Chelsea for anything. But, um, it was a magic night because you just thought it was just very, very special. Yes. Um, that kind of moment where you felt that, yeah, you, know, you were, it was like a little bit, what it's like to be at the top table really because West Ham, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, we've had all those great players over the years and, you know, as Harry Redknapp used to say, shows how uh, crap the rest of them were they couldn't win anything with three World Cup winners in the team.
0: Yeah.
1: And, but yeah, in that 86 time, we ju- it just felt magic and uh, yeah, I kind of thought we'd, we'd let it go we had a bit of stutter around uh, Easter. Mm. Um, but it was, it was a great, great night. And uh, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday night. And um, there used to be a club in Ilford called The Shannon, which was uh, right by Seven King sta- Station, which is a sort of Irish club, Catholic yeah. place. And uh, there used to be a, a DJ called Tony Littleleg, because you only get in these sort of places. And on the Friday after that, he played Bubbles at the end of the night, two o'clock in the morning, not all West Ham fans didn't end well, and it was like you know, I was sitting there with my then girlfriend sort of trying to pick up with bits of broken glass and broken bodies to get back to the car to get home. So, yeah, you know, it was a time where we felt we were the center of the world. Um, I mean, that that is probably my yeah, you know, it's just loads and loads yeah, of times, you know, yeah. and sometimes just the regularity of going. It was, mm. you know, I i moved uh from Deepest Essex to Hornchurch when I was 14, and uh, we lived opposite a district line station, Almaster Bridge, so I didn't have to. Worry about anyone taking me or driving me. I could just yeah. jump on the tube. And then um, the old South Bank used to have the shelf on the, near the chicken run. And you, you know, used to have to get there at half past one. And you know, I did that all the time you know, until I started you know, playing football again for the school. But, yeah, you, know, you went there and you just, you know, it, it was your day. It was your yeah. day. you go there and be, you'd, never, you'd never, there'd be people from Stratford, from Plaza, from all over, because I went on my own. And um, very few of my mates at school are West Ham fans. But I just I enjoyed spending time and talking to people and talking about the game and just seeing top class football, either from us or from the opposition, um, during that time. So it, it was just a great, great time. Yeah. And, that, yeah, yeah. and it was just that, that emotional connection. And just you think about the family time to time. Your dad's promises you are saying you're going on Boxing Day morning. And um, there's just loads and loads of fantastic. But the other one I really that really sticks in the mind is I think the. Uh, two thousand and three playoff at home to again against Ipswich, funny yeah. way, where we um we we lost the way and we had to put it out of the fire the pace top gallop and you know being played out there and that you know that's as, as as shaking as much as I've ever seen that that stadium. So yeah, you know, a lot of those games you you there's just it yeah you know, obviously the last game as well you just mm. realise what you were losing. It's just incredibly difficult times. But yeah, yeah I just loved it. I mean it's, it's yeah, contributed so much to my life. Yeah, well, it is. It, is. it has
0: taken a, a big chunk of your life as well, isn't it? Really, you think about when you started watching them and stuff, and you, it's only now when you look back at things like this type of this type of sort of series, really, I've I've looked back and realised how much. West Ham sort of as not not emotionally, but how much West Ham has sort of um, played a part in my life, you know. With like you know, as you said, you said you know, you might have turned down jobs for West Ham and things like that, mm. and you know, it's just it's, it's it's weird how it sort of just it just gets in there, it just gets into the fabric of everything you do without yeah. realizing,
1: but as most does. And yeah, I mean, but also you know, I I talk about this a lot. When I went to university in 1986, I was you know. I had something a lot broader than it was then. And, you know, you're trying to connect with people. The friends I had there, whether they were to do with, you know, the course I was on or the people I lived with, I was involved with the radio station or went to music gigs. The one thing they all had in common is they went to live football. That's very, very, you know, you don't understand that in 1986, going live football was not a popular pursuit. The game was in decline. Um, You know, it was just after Heisel, before Hillsborough, you know, although it was a very, you know, sketchy for a lot of people that look down on people who went to football. But, you know, those people now that are my friends from then are the yeah. people who went to football. There's a kind of a connection that you understand, <clears throat> part of me, when, when you met another one like you. And that wasn't always the case, you know, uh, up there. You know, you, you, you know and it's great. And I said, you know, I was saying before I went on there that, um, you know, my... Well, one of my best mates from university was a Man City fan I was at Lancaster we used to go down there all the time because we just wanted to, I just wanted to watch some football and he was going I thought fine excellent you yeah, know we go and do that and you know, it, you know some of my you know, best mates are Reading fans and Wigan fans and people who just went they just sort of staffed about it, it as me one of my mates when Reading were in the third division uh, you yeah, know when he was 16 did all 46 games home and away wow. It's like that's just insane that's from Reading insane. yeah yeah um, so, you know, you have that connection when you meet people, even different
0: countries. So. it's true, it's true. I mean when I was I went to Loughborough and my and my housemates we were yeah that's that was the common denominator was football wasn't it really that's how you became friends and so one was a Sheffield yeah. Wednesday fan and so you know when, when we were playing United Sheffield United at Bramwell, we'd come to meet with me we'd go away together and I always had this sort of irrational hatred of Sheffield United before everything happened because because it was a Wednesday fan. So my other mate he was Don Revy's grandson so we'd go to Leeds quite Quite a bit, um, as well, but you know, they, they'd come down as well for you know, if I had to do a reserve team game and I'd see the announcing, they'd come and sit in the box up and park. You know, we'd be a, I don't know, an hour and a half, an hour 45 drive down to the game, we're playing, I you don't know, like Fulham reserves or something like that, being nil nil, uh, and then we're driving the car and drive the away back again, you know, back to Loughborough. But uh, it's what it was, wasn't it? And you said it's
1: just it, it brought everyone yeah. together, it did, um. And, you know, so you talk about Sheffield United. I mean, when I was working, I'm working in Stoke, and I was sharing a house with the Sheffield United fan. I just got back in contact because he's um, he's a primary school head teacher. He's been all over the news. I just sort of thought, oh, I know that bloke, and I, you know, last time I saw him was 25 years ago in Stoke. And yeah, we the first thing he said was, "You know, good job we didn't know you. Good job we weren't in contact in 2007, because that, that's when all the terrible stuff blew up." And um, so we're gonna, if we do stay up, we'll uh, we'll cook up either. Oh, here brilliant. or in Sheffield next year.
0: Brilliant. Well, even even if the worst happens and and it doesn't, and you know we don't, we're not we're not around in the Premier League. You know, Neil Warnock's obviously still around. middles Middlesbrough boss now, isn't he so we'll still have someone to shout. There's only one Carlos Tevez at. So yeah, I mean, I,
1: <laughs> I think I mean I I think the mo- you know I think it's time we let it go a bit. Really, I mean, <laughs> fight, fight, no, that, that's what made yeah, me the way we love. I oh, do well, uh, Yeah, sorry, right. I, mean, I think. The trouble is, I mean, I think, you know, part of the things that I don't know if you've seen the Dan United film where Brian Clough sort of throws all the pictures out of Reverie out and uh, says, you know, we need to, you can't keep looking back. I think that, you know, we've got to look to the future now. So, you know, we're we're in this new era and I don't think we're, we're killing it at all. We're just, you know, we no. know we haven't latched on to what this club is going to be in the 2020s. But, no, you you you're know, right. It's, you know everybody says when mark noble says this club isn't a circus anymore well fred carno's been on the pitch for the last five years and it's not looking great is it mm. i think a lot of that is we can look back at the moments like is we can look back at you know the cup wins and whatever else and convince that ourselves it's all okay but it's not okay is it so.
0: mm.
1: anyway looking back <laughs> <laughs> yeah looking back Looking back
0: at, at at the whole point of my uh my my channel, thanks, George. Um so as I said, one of the things we're doing, we're doing this eleven. So okay, we'll 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 we'll, we'll deal with the
1: future in a few games time.
0: will wait, yeah, let's get this season out of the way. We'll yeah, play. sure no. That's we'll absolutely it. fine. No, it's
1: great to talk about, it back, but I'm just talking about I'm the just, not you know, so much. I know.
0: I'm just wondering.
1: It's about yeah, it's about the way the club sees itself, I think. Yeah. True. We're 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 in an emergency at the moment, it worries me
0: yeah exactly anyway, and, and as you said it, we are it's you know it, it is proper squeaky bum time now, so and um but it is what it is you know it 's not what we can do about it now, so we've just got to just play with the cards in it uh-huh. unfortunately and uh I'm always a half. I'm always a half glass fill person, but it's getting slightly less every day. <laughs> slightly less my my optimism, but we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, there are, th- there,
1: oh, there are three other terrible teams down there. That yeah. is the only save. So there race. are three other terrible teams down there, which is yeah. yeah and thing we and are that, playing. You, know, you, know, you tell me that I'll be. Uh, yeah, and we are. Yeah, playing I'm I'm, I'm. I'm basing my whole. I'm basing my whole day and evening around make sure I'm back in time to watch Bournemouth against Wolves. Because that's
0: the most significant thing in my day to day. Sorry. I know, I know, I know. And we are playing two out of those, or probably, well, including Watford. Obviously, we've got, we've got three games, haven't we? So we've got, obviously, the Norwich, Norwich and Villa and, and, and Watford. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Anyway, back to, your, back to the Hammers 11. Yeah. So the idea is 11 players, your 11 can be whoever you want to talk about. As long as you've seen them live, that's the only caveat. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd all put Bobby Moore in the team. And I haven't seen him, so it's fair enough. I know if my dream eleven would have Bobby Moore in, but my my own eleven, I wouldn't have. You know, I haven't seen him play, so that's why I didn't put him in. Um, and obviously, for this, we did say you know you can do four four two, you can do three five two. It's up to you. I've I've given you an open brief, George, for this. Okay,
1: that's why. Well, that's what it. I've done, I've done a theme. Oh, brilliant! I've done a theme. The theme they should never have left West Ham. Ah, I like Now it. that means they should never have left West Ham for their benefit or they should never <laughs> have left West Ham for our benefit or the way it looked, they left West Ham was disgraceful. They you can decide which each of these go into it. So yeah. it's a 4-4-2. Brilliant. Okey-dokey.
0: Right, and who's going to uh, go in goal first? We're going goal then, George.
1: I think if you're looking at they should never have left West Ham, it's got to be Rob Green, who yeah. I think, you know, you could argue, I think probably if I was doing this on a completely objective thing, You know, my love for Phil Parks is unbound. But I think in terms, you know, Robert Green was a great goalkeeper for us and a great modern goalkeeper. He he had great distribution. He was fantastically athletic. He won us games that uh, we shouldn't have won. Um, I probably loved Adrian more. Uh, I certainly loved Big Phil more and I think he probably achieved more with us. I think Robert Green was a great, great goalkeeper. And it just goes to show how... Bad agents and bad decisions could ruin your career. Because so He left us when he was 31. He, he said, Oh no, we we'll get a better contract. Let's talk about Arsenal coming in and they signed someone else. And in the end, you know, we signed, I can't remember who we signed his replacement, um, but we signed a replacement. They came in and so he went to QPR, mm-hmm. played two games for Mark Hughes, lost the first one 5 0. And then instantly they bought Julius Cesar. And he spent, you know, most of the next season you know, getting splinters on his backside. Yeah. Um, obviously, that club, you know, has been, you know, from that moment, it's been an absolute basket case in the way it's been run at QPR. But he went there, then Harry came in, put him in and off the bench, but he never really fulfilled his dreams. You know, he left us when he was 31, 32. You know, those are, three, yeah, for goalkeepers, as well organised and as talented as Rob Green, they should have been his golden years, really. Yeah. It should have been, you know, should have been playing for champions, either for us or... If not, he should have gone for a Champions League club. and he, His own hubris brought him down, I think. and I think it's a real shame. I think it's a fantastic player. Yeah. And um, I just wish he hadn't left, left us. It seemed, yeah. At the time, I was thinking, who's, who's interest is in this? In whose interest is he? He hasn't, he hasn't got a nil-down club to go to. He's yeah. got to go out and find yeah. another keeper. It's just, it's just insane. Yeah. So that would be my number one. Rob good Green. chap. Yeah,
0: they love it. You're totally right. Totally right. He's, and he was a good kid. I mean, he was a great kid. He said, "You know, Mark, a good keeper. When he wins, when he wins games, we shouldn't have won because of him." And uh, he did that.
1: Yeah, fantastic record saving penalties as well. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, And he was one of his real. Yeah, I remember Phil Parks had the longest throw I've ever seen. He could throw it not further than most people could kick it. But Robert Green was a very, you know, modern, intelligent footballer. He understood the whole thing, you know, he'd been five years younger, Pep would have signed in for Man City because mm. he's got that brilliant sort of distribution mm. and that eye for, uh, you know, setting up attacks and stuff yeah. like that. So, he was an all-around keeper.
0: Yeah. Good. Yeah, good player. And, and he didn't take himself too seriously in that respect, you know, when we, you know, we had the whole, uh, you know, England number six and stuff and, and he, he yeah. took it in good art, yeah. do you know That's what
1: I mean? Good stuff. He actually yeah, she no, had on some booths,
0: didn't he?
1: Or was it? Yeah, good the um, embroidered and said life outside football. I love it. I yeah, life I... outside football. We, we went out one we went out for dinner with my wife once and uh, around two thousand ten and he was in a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tam was saying, come speak to him he looked, he, looked, he looked like he was having it looked, looked like what he was, which was a, a bloke on a Friday or Saturday night out. Did half a dozen mates. having had a perfect sensible time. It was, a, it, was, you know, it was a decent restaurant. You know, I respect the fact he was there because it's not really a footballer's restaurant. Yeah. He, you know, he had life yeah. outside football. He had a, a bit of culture about him. And I thought, yeah, anyway, a sad loss to him and a disastrous move. Sad yeah. loss for us and a disastrous move for him. And, the, QPR was and the
0: disastrous haircut he has now.
1: I know. Somebody said he looked like a midget gem. Which I thought was, uh, quite d t <laughs> that's a good shout I, mean, I, I i i saw, uh, I, saw I was in, i was in work uh, when i saw it i took a photograph because uh, i i've got t v on my desk at work yeah uh, but it was on it was on uh, sky news yeah and i sent it yeah. round to uh, our west End group and nobody worked out who it was or anything like that it was just you do wonder mm. what's going on inside that head, do you? It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's There's lockdown most... haircuts. There's lockdown
0: haircuts. Yeah, it's one of the most unusual lockdown haircuts we've seen. <laughs> That's for sure. Right. Okay, I'll put Greeno in. Let's go left back then, George. Who do we have left back?
1: Left back. This is a kind of, uh, certainly one that we've got in my all-time 11, but it was Julian Dix. Yeah. Um, a fantastic player, John Lyles signed. Um, one of his last signs, I think, wasn't it, really? Mm. But he... Um, he, he came to us. Um, was a fantastic player. From the moment he touched the ball, you could see, you know, as well as having a physicality, he just had a fantastic skill. A man that um, would, that should have played many times for England, but apparently, according to him, John Gorman said he'll never play. where well. you have got a skinhead like that? Who um, was Hoddle's assistant? And he left, and he went. Um, he was lured away by Graham Souness because he thought he was his sort of player uh, to go to Liverpool. And he may have been a sort of player, but he was not Liverpool sort of player. Um, and, um, you know, Suness got sacked because they got tanked early in there. Boy Evans didn't like him. Stuck him with a 15-year-old. It was at a terrible decision to move there. He managed to get himself injured again while he was up there. Um, and, again, a player that just shouldn't have left West Ham. He's... Com, you know, a, a guy from Bristol, but um, whose entire life is in Essex now. Yeah, grew up yeah. and you know, sort of really adopted the club and had a connection with the fans that no other one did. You, you, you think about the players now. About you look at that. Who 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 on that pitch do I relate to? You yeah. know, Michel Antonio is it? Mean, is he the only Mark Noble? They're the only Londoners in that team, and you know, they're Brits who they grew up here and they probably understand what it means to play for club you know you know i don't know what who mikhail grew up supporting but you know you don't think that there's any sort of lack of passion lack of understanding what Mm. it means to pull on the shirt Mm. and Dix was of that manner uh, combined with a fantastic talent i think it's an absolute outrage he didn't have 50 sister cats for england you know he could have you know he could have been fantastic and things like euro 96 but you know it was never meant to be so that that's my left back who should never have left us good shot yeah, but let's go right back, right back. Right, then, I'll be interested to know if anyone else has said this. Sebastian Schemmel. a, a couple, a couple, but carry really? on. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, whatever. well, he was a, he was a fantastic player for <laughs> one season, but I've never seen any player decline so fast. <laughs> he, he won Hammer of the Year, and it was in two thousand and two, yeah. and then in two thousand and three, he he mentally just evacuated. Yeah. And you know, I, I was looking through, looking him up for this. And we signed him for Mets, and um, uh, yeah, I think the, the Mets president described him as being heroically unstable. And I think that obviously what was going on there. Harry he got a hold of him when he came over, and that first season, <coughs> he, uh, you know, he he, um, he 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 connected and he, he slotted in. But then, you know, whatever it was, whatever was ailing him at Mets, clearly got to him again because he, he looked like he'd never... He'd gone from being hammered the year to a player in about three months and looked like he'd never played a game before. And he, I mean, I just wonder if he could have got there and sorted it out. Obviously, you know, Rhoda wasn't the greatest man manager, as we know, from other places with yeah. Uh, yeah. other things that went on that year. But somebody could have been able to sort him out of that club. Because after he left us, it was about... He drifted out, he went to Portsmouth, did nothing and went to the Havre, did nothing, and was tired by 29. For a man with that talent, you just don't understand how that happens. And I think that if we'd have kept him, I know it's a long, long shot, but if we'd have kept him, he'd, um, maybe somehow we could have rehabilitated him, got him back to the heights he was before. Yeah. But clearly, he had substantial off the field yeah. he issues. And, um, no, you know, I, I just, it's just one of the most mysterious players we've ever seen play for us yeah he was absolutely fantastic disappeared and fell off a cliff
0: yeah i think it's because he cut his hair
1: yeah if i remember yeah and then and then it like, went the and then his alice band thing yeah no
0: yeah, yeah, yeah he was
1: you know, uh, all of us might be looking to adopt <laughs> the, i, I uh, would
0: only wish george i would love uh, to have worn an alice band once in the last four years at least i reckon Maybe even less than that, since my, at least eight years since my daughter's come yeah. along. It's got no, no, it's,
1: uh, well, my son, my son uh, looks like Tim Burgess from the Charlatan. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got a haircut down there. And, um, he you know, we keep trying to say him, he needs to put something in it to hold it up and stuff like that. He won't <laughs> let me cut it, he won't let my wife cut it. Um, so, yeah, no, anyway, enough about Alice Burns. Right, but, all yeah, enough do. about Alice Burns.
0: Right, we'll put Seb in. Let's go centre-backs then. George, who, George who's your first
1: centre-back? Uh, first centre-back that's never left West Ham, James Collins. Because I think that he had—I mean, I was surprised at how good his career at Villa was. Because I was looking it up, he had—you know—I you know, expected to play, you know, fifty games across four years, but he had a pretty good contribution there. Mm. But they just didn't like him. I don't know what it was. Fans and they, I, I was several Villa fans, and they—I was absolutely There's another player in this eleven. I just—I've got this big thing that there are certain players that fit certain clubs, and he yes. may be worse, yes. but he was made to play for West Ham. It's something about his commitment, his skill, his understanding. You know, I remember when he was injured before he went to Villa, he would, you know, he he came with away And, you know, you know, I saw him away at Arsenal last mm. year. Uh, not the one just gone, but the year before. And he, he went away, I saw him in the stands at Stoke, you know, during, when he was injured during his first spell. And he was just somebody who clearly fitted the club. He liked, you know, maybe it's a combination of the club, the fans, Yeah, you know, living in the Essex countryside. yeah. So, Right. it just absolutely fitted in and i think from that point of view you know we sold into villa for reasons you know we, we weren't exactly over blessed with center halves at that stage no but i don't know why you know and he went to he went to villa was there for four years wasn't particularly loved didn't really cut it wasn't their superstar he was in and out of the team mm. and mm. then he came back to us and it felt it felt you know Got a long lost relative coming home and feeling yeah. it. I'm not a great fan of people coming back. Dixie came back and I worked out, you know, and others have come back. But a lot of people come back. You, know, you think about Yossi, you think about Joey, he didn't quite work out. But, mm. he, back. but he was one that definitely did. I think he almost had a longer career second time than the first. Yeah. And you know, when the club were struggling with things such as the move and the atmosphere, you know, the, sight, the one thing that could get you going was a sight of gins running out, either coming as yeah. the sub or. Dying for it, just because yeah, it's complete commitment. Um, I had um, there's a guy called, uh, do you know Hammerhead Shark? If you come across him, he's a he's a great Twitter account. Writes it, but yeah, he talks about how yeah his big thing is always about West Ham recruitment and retention and sort of bringing young players at the right time. I said yeah, but you know Ginger's special. He said no, he's not special. I said yes, he is special. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be one of my centre backs. The yeah, other yeah. one would be Tony Gale. Because, again, the way he was let go at West Ham was absolutely shocking. He played for us for 10 years. He had a fantastic uh, season with us. But he was let go um, while running out of his last game. He was told by Billy Barnes, he was told, to, you know, make the most of it, mate, because it's your last game. We're going to release you at the end of the month. So he had no. T- he completely spoiled his last game. He never had the chance to digested, never had a chance to soak up the atmosphere.
0: Mm. And obviously,
1: he left and he was gonna go and um, I think he went to train with Barnett and he got a call from Kenny Dalglish to go and play for Blackburn where he won a league title. Yep. So yep. you know you he won the Premier League with Blackburn, which is absolutely fantastic. But a shock for West Ham, you yeah, know it was a few months after he uh he had that nightmare at the um where Keith Hackett sent him off at 1991 <laughs> Cup semi-final which I was there for. And you know, it just seemed like bad timing, bad darts, just bad everything. Mm. Um, but it was a fantastic serve. I think he got that one wrong. I think the club should have found a better way to, you know, cherish somebody who played yeah. so long through yeah. us. And, you know, Stables, we went down, came back up with us and, you know, was a top, top player.
0: Mm. Definitely. Definitely. Now I agree with that.
1: Yeah. yeah the only I, thing I know about him, uh, I was looking at, uh, again, you know, you poking around and I find out this thing. His name was Reggie. I didn't know why he was uh is his nickname is Reggie? But according to Wikipedia, it's because his quicksilver wit reminded the other players of Reggie Cray. Yes,
0: that's what I heard. I <laughs> uh, thought you know, a
1: yeah, <laughs> murderous gangster in the East London. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's why he called me Red. Yeah, no, I didn't get that one either. I didn't get that one at all. Uh, yeah, very weird, very weird. But so, uh, so that's my um, back five. Yeah, nice Green okay, Shemal Collins yeah. Gale Dix. So I you know, it may not be the nice. best of the back five, but it's not a bad one, is it? It. They'd all play for the shirt, wouldn't they? As, yeah. as, as is the, as is the sort of thing everyone's saying at the moment. They'd all play for the shirt. Right, okie dokie. And what was interesting about Collins, I was talking to someone today actually about, about James Collins, because they put Winston Reed in their team and they said, the thing is, I don't think, you know, Winston Reed, you know, they were they was making comparisons to James Collins and saying, you know, uh, James Collins was like a real West Ham cult hero and Winston Reed wasn't because. He didn't get because he's of his personality being New Zealand, maybe not being as passionate. Uh, where where Ginge, you know, he'd jump into Chav Corner, wouldn't he, and throw his shirt yeah. in the crowd. And, and it's funny how the, as you said, being related to play, uh, making players be, feel feel um, you can relate to them. And Ginge, as you said, because he was like a fan, so to speak, he'd go to the away games. He'd jump, yeah. you know, it has that. Closer bond than someone maybe of Reed's who, who was a fantastic you know, centre back for us and arguably again, same year went down and stayed with us. And, dah, dah, dah. and it was just interesting, sort of like the differences of, of people in terms of how they with the crowd.
1: I've never thought there was any kind of lack of commitment from Winston Reed. No, from not commitment, commitment but I think it's a connection. Yeah, because, I mean, and, and also, you know, no, nobody who ever scored that goal against Millwall no. never, you know, doubt the fact that he was a fantastic. Play for West Ham. I, I, I mean, he's. I was the problem with Winston is that they gave him a contract uh, when he was injured. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, it wasn't the brightest decision. He's on a massive contract. He's got no incentive to go anywhere else.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, again, it was just, it was just interesting because it's like how different players connect with the fans. And you know, it's not saying his commitment, but it's, it's his connection with the fans. Whereas Ginge, his connection with the fans is so strong. Um, that he could walk into any any pub and you know everyone would buy him drinks. Yeah. You know that, that's what I mean. Right, okay, we'll put that. That's about five. Let's go into midfield then, George. Who's your left midfield then?
1: Well, I it'll be a left winger. Yep, and it'll be Paolo, I think I put Paolo on the left wing. I think it's uh, again it's about the man of his leaving. He was a, you know Paulo. There's a couple of players in here that would you know two or three players that get into my all time yeah. West Ham eleven of. This sheer ability and power is one of those. He's a t- guy that um, lifted the club. Nobody was quite sure what we were getting into when we nice bought him man. after the after the, you know the the Paul Alcock thing where he pushed him over. But he was a fantastic, intelligent footballer, committed footballer. His skills were like nothing I'd seen in years. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly not in the Premier League era. He's, he's quick. He used to drive me nuts that our player with the quickest feet used to want to take all the corners rather than being in the middle of. <laughs> and scoring them, but yeah, he, he was a fantastic as a man. And in the year we went down in 2003, that something went badly wrong,
0: mm.
1: where he just, him and Roda clashed and Roda decided to drop him, he was injured when he came back, he won't play him. And I think that, you know, that pig-headedness by Roda, I don't know what it was all about, but it meant that mm. it, cost us, it, it cost us a he generation did. of players. Mm. Um, it cost us coal, cost us carrick. Uh we you know, we could have been, had a fantastic team then, but yeah, we decided that you know that the back manager over to Canyon and, and obviously I can understand why they did that, but it was just a, such a stupid decision. And the way he, he was treating his last season was disgraceful and and we saw what we missed and you know when he came back and you know, towards the end of the season and he very much got out of it. We did the W over the champions that year, both yeah. from Carlo. And he's sort of inspirational in that. You know, we must be one of the few teams done a double over the champions and get relegated. And I think that shows what he offered us. Shows what we ignored in that season, and it was an absolute disaster. Um, so, and they won't renew his contract at the end. And you know, if they, he'd have come down. He'd have played to us in the in the first.
0: Yeah, division. didn't he? Um, so yeah. He could play
1: for like a tenner. You know, he, he, yeah, he I know. something we said he something ridiculous. He'd play for. It was it was awful. He uh, still grieves me now, and he went to Charlton. A friend of mine happened to be working. Uh, and when he went there, he just shows a class to the guy. When he was driving there to sign, he phoned up the office. and said, How many women are there in the office? And he was told, blah, 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 there's a dozen in there. They all got a bunch of flowers. They'd say, This is from parallel Thank you for letting me come to your club. He went into the change, he went into the club shop, bought something for all his nephews and nieces and everything else so like that, with the Kanye one, charmed everyone. Yeah, but, yeah, he was so upset by leaving West terms of to make an impact.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. There's a, a the same guy who he doesn't work there anymore. Uh, was told me about how his job was to engage with local minority communities, and there was a Nigerian festival going on over uh, somewhere in um, Thamesmead, and he took Paolo over there. He was supposed to sit there, uh, open the festival, shake hands, uh, go back. Yeah, you know, go back to his uh, you know, his penthouse flat in Docklands. <laughs> uh, two and a half hours later, he's got his Armani suit off. Playing with basically all these fellas about six or five and big with it, and he's like, you know, running around and sitting there. This thinking, if our new most expensively paid player gets injured here, I'm going to be absolutely murdered. There's nothing he could do to get him off. He's, you know, his enthusiasm for the game infet- yeah. is infectiousness yeah. around. You know, he just represents everything that's right about football. At West Ham, mm. um, and I think that, you know, that that decision to go for a cheap manager after Harry. Is, is still costing us now because I think that the legacy
0: yeah you know, yeah what we could have had here, you know, we could have
1: had you know, the other great players for years and years and yeah mm. yeah you know, you know, the foes, the Coles and oh definitely else, and could have been uh, it's just sad I don't think it, it was emblematic of everything that went wrong with the club in the early two thousands.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I
1: agree. No, and you just said,
0: yeah, he was Paolo's Paolo, isn't he? Paolo's Paolo. It's like I remember. Um, I interviewed. I interviewed Nikki Hawkins from um, West Ham Fan TV, and I say it. Say it's quite a lot because when people talk to me about Paolo because obviously he has, he's infectious and his love for the club is still very, very apparent. And he was doing one of those player Q&A things, event things. And Paolo was the guest of honour. And, and he comes in, Nick in shirt and trousers, whatever. Paolo is obviously in his immaculate Armani suit, bronze, Adonis, the Donis, you know, the, yeah. the Ray-Bans. And he goes, Paolo, you look lovely. And he just turns him to Nicky and goes, I always dress up for my family. And that was it. That, that was it. And that's just Paolo. <laughs>
1: And uh, so my uh, my Zoom hold photograph yeah is me and Paolo yeah uh, so. I met him at the uh, I met the at the Broadway last year with us uh, and Willie thorne doing the and John Hartson and it was just it was just absolutely fantastic he was you know nothing was too much trouble and obviously he's doing it to get a coin but it yeah. was you know like everything it's like when he played he just left everything out yeah. Absolutely fantastic! Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, we'll put PDC in on the left. Uh, who's going to go on the right then, George? The other side.
1: Well, it's a slight, you know, it's a slight forcing, but Michael Carrick. Yeah. Because it comes into the whole idea of players that should left west hand. Yeah. And I think we were one penalty decision away from him staying, because in that sem- in the two thousand and four player final against um, against. Palace yeah. when that ocean goes line and Neil Shipley scored for them. Oh. The fastest man ever to score for <laughs> I'm not a man at all. But then um, towards the end of the second, and we were just so much a better team that day. Yeah.
0: We tried and tried and tried.
1: And then it was kind of yeah, and just got back, brought down yeah. on the edge of the area. It just it was in the area, it was going, and we didn't get a we didn't get very to get a fancy anything. My wife was watching her, her Millwall brothers. And there we go, ha ha ha! It was a penalty, and it, you know, we it would have got that penalty, but we'd have gone on to win that and go up.
0: Mm.
1: Carrot stayed with us the year we went down. Yeah. Um, he said he'd give us another year to get back up, and you know that it was just such a shame that he left because apart from him, I he Spurs, and um, he was just a fantastic talent. Um, I am felt like apologising because I, you know, when I when they both came through, me and Mark Sandell had a, you know a bet, you know, a point, and who'd be the first to play for England out uh, of Cole, and I, you know, was sure it was going to be Joe Cole. and he said Carry no. and, you know, the more you saw Carrie play, you more you realise he was just such a, just such a fantastic organised yeah. passer, you yeah, I just actually loved watching him, and um, Joey and Carry came on at half-time against Mexico together, so, uh, honour was, rest- yeah, restored, and, <laughs> you know, restored, and, yeah, no, no one was damaged in the making of this so, uh, but he was just such a fantastic player. He clearly loved the club. And I think that, you know, you see this, you know, you remember the scorn little teenager, and it's just shown to grow grown into be such a fantastic man who, you know, carried Man United through some very difficult times. Yeah. And, you know, we'd really, if we'd been able to hang on to him, that would have been fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and even now, when I, I, mean, I don't do any a lot of DJing nowadays for families, but I think of founding friends, even if someone requests glad or over, I still don't play it. So it reminds no. me of that day. There were all, all those yellow shirts, bobbing to Oh, still makes.
1: Well, that we we were down there with um, a friend uh, with a friend of mine, a uh yeah. who's um, a Palace fan. Gary you know, is uh, and he was too embarrassed to celebrate because he knew how crap they were <laughs> that day, and uh, you know, and I, I was very glad because my mate at Charlton, we were away on the last day of the season the following year. And I went to see Charlton relegated, uh, Palace relegated at Charlton. Yeah. And I, you know it, it gave me an immense amount of pleasure. <laughs> so we saw them go up and we saw them go down. as well. My wife's actually a Charlton fan as well. So, uh, you know, not particularly committed, but she always she used to like to go for a day out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we saw them go up and we saw them go down. I was very happy. Good. Them.
0: All right, that's good. Right, let's go into central midfield then, George. Who's your first central midfielder?
1: Which uh, Pipe. Yeah, you know, we talk about players that should never have left. What a shambles that whole yeah. thing was. You know, yeah. player of the year, player of the Euros. Mm. Then absolute implosion when we yeah. moved to the Olympic Stadium. I don't, even I won't blame the Olympic Stadium for this one. But, <laughs> you know, we all know what was supposed to have gone on in the background and why he had to move back to Marseille. Mm. But the way he dealt with this, the way the club handled it, the yeah. way his agents handled it. There was just nothing, nothing positive about that whole situation when he mm-hmm. went back. And, you know, it goes down to the fact that we, you know, when we get to these crunch players in difficult situations, we should have been able to handle it better and keep that guy playing. Yeah. Because um, he didn't, you know, he, he started off with you know, that Rabona against Watford on, on the, you know, in the, in the second season, then it all just went to crap. I and mean, yeah. I just think that, um, it grieves me as much as anyone else, really, because, you know, it, he he was the best player we've had since De Canio. Oh, yeah. He had absolutely fantastic ability. Um, and, he yeah you know, again, he's one of those players that seemed to shine at West Ham. Mm. You know, he was a good player in France, but he was never, you know, seen as being... Um, the man, yeah. The man, and that he was, you know, he, he, you know, he was on the fringe of the French team. He was mm. first choice by the time he had a season with us. Yeah. So yeah, again, a planet connected with the with the fans and sort of light plan here, but you know his own personal circumstances and the way he conducted himself led to him going for a cup price free. Um, he had he had a crap time back in Marseille. Yeah, hasn't yeah, worked yeah. out for him. And now you know we lost a great player. So Dimitri is my first centre midfielder. Yep, no props. And who's in terms way? of leaving? The other yeah. one is Billy Bonds, not because of the way he left as a player, but because of the way he was dealt with when he left as a manager. Sure, um, I, I I can't imagine having a team about my standard with yeah, Billy Bonds in there because it was yeah, he he took he was there when I first, you know, when I was in primary school. Yeah. In fact, he was there. He, he signed uh, about a month after I was born, and he's still playing it. He, when I was at, you know when I left university. It's absolutely madness. Um, he was able to put it so long. Um, I've anyone who doesn't like or does bad things out against Billy Bonds is automatically wronging in my book. And I think that you know I remember Mick Harford saying he didn't want to join West Ham because he didn't want to play for teams reliant on a forty-one-year-old. Uh, and I've never forgiven him. You know I would still spill his pint if I saw him in a bar. Um, he was just such a fantastic player for us. You know our all-time leading appearance guy who you know risked his health is. You Of know, his body, more times than anyone else, yeah. He turned out West Ham just being an absolute superstar. And we don't need to go over the details of what happened, but when he was let go as manager in 1994, it seemed nonsensical. And I can see what people try to do, I can see it might have been the right thing to do. But the manner that defines you is the way you do things, isn't it? Mm. And how you make people feel about things that you know, West Ham have always been bad about um, keeping on club legends and yeah. you know you know billy Bo- uh, bobby Moore famously had to pay to get back into west Ham mm-hmm. once because they were sending tickets and i think the way they treated Bob really at that time was the same now obviously you know he's got a stand named off, which is yeah. fantastic but you know it still doesn't make up for that time i mean i remember mm-hmm. a couple of years after that happened i was i was um, in the press box for some reason i was either I think I might be doing a club called the Chris Raystrick actually. And um we went into the press what's after the press conference and um, Harry was giving his press conference, suddenly noticed that Billy was standing at the back, standing on a chair right at the very back. Um just looking at him. No, am yeah, not being just looking at him. you yeah, Harry was completely put off his stride by that. Uh but was working for Capital or something like that. And um yeah, it was just like, Oh, this is a bit of a moment, isn't it? Yeah.
0: But yeah, yeah, Billy Bonds,
1: uh, just you know. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I'm, I, I'm very proud to sit the Billy Bond stand. I think. Yeah. I, think like, I love Trevor Brooking with all my heart, and you know, Bobby Moore and everything else. But to sit the Billy Bond stand is is a real, is a real pleasure for me.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. Now,
1: totally get that. Makes perfect sense.
0: Nice. Okay, we'll put Billy in, uh, and let, let's go for the strikers, the forwards. Then, George, who's your first forward? Tony Cotty. TC
1: a great player for us. Yeah, but the way he left, and the way he conducts himself in his last few games, and the fact he went on to go and win trophies and won absolutely nothing at Everton, has always given me a sense of fantastic sense of shadow for it. Sorry, Tony, if you're watching, I think you're a fantastic bloke. Yeah, you you moved near near me when you got into the first team just up the road, in in Hornchurch. Um, next the jury full score. He had a flat in there in his first one, and he bought another one over the bitter end in <laughs> Romford. Uh But I just think that I remember seeing his head go down and not wanting to be there before he went to Everton. Mm. And it's always upset me, you know, yeah. thinking about that. And he came back. I think we gave him too easy ride when he came back. Was, you know, he did come back slightly as a conquering hero. But he went away for six years. You know, he was his last season or his second last season at Everton, they were lucky to stay up. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it, it was a massive district. I'm going to Everton, it's going to be a massive club I'm going to win the European Cup I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that It never happened for him mm. So, uh, he shouldn't have left West Ham. Still a fantastic player I was, you know, I, I was like when he came back And he showed full of enthusiasm But he's amazing, you know, again, another player You know, he's got West stand running through his blood mm-hmm. uh, But he was born into it I like and I like, you know, my final player um, mm-hmm. But, you know he didn't
0: he, he didn't do it right no he not do it right no no i think uh, i think by his own omission obviously we've yeah. interviewed him and he did say that he did say you know probably he didn't he left in the in the wrong way um and and, and you're, you're right I and mean, what is it about everton and play obviously Slav didn't he Slav went went to everton to, to to win trophies and you know one bugger all as well you know it's something about everton There's a, there was a
1: there was a fantastic uh, you know slight slab thing about that transfer. Um, we were playing Wimbledon at, uh, at Selhurst yeah. and he was playing and um, a mate of mine who's an AFC fan said do you want to come to the Players Lounge after?" Uh, no, well he is an AFC fan but he uh, said do you want to come to the Players Lounge and obviously what he didn't realise the Players Lounge at West Ham the Players Lounge at uh, Selhurst Park was a slightly different matter it basically it was just a bar it was just you know, an enormous nightclub bar so I was in there with him, and suddenly the West Ham players were all keen expecting to have a chat. I don't know if it was then, uh, they'd say, I don't know, Dennis Wise whatever else. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Um, basically supported by, players by West Ham and a couple of players started going up to slam. Uh, so what are you doing? What are you doing trying to get a move to wherever He goes, this not me, it is my agent. I goes, well, tell you, your agent. <laughs> he's just like, you know, yeah. and he's just like, goes, oh my God, Yeah, I'm a hard man. <laughs> But this isn't a great place to be at. But yeah, Everton, yeah, it's been our nemesis a long time. Yeah, it has been. It um, has been. But yeah, I, I think that that cottage transfers a long part in us getting relegated. Yeah, he left us in September, which meant we had, you know, we had to scratch around. We end up with David Kelly, who was, you know, you, you know you've speak to my Newcastle mates. He's a legend, yeah. but he certainly wasn't for us. Um, and uh, it was a bad do all round. My book.
0: <laughs> okay. Yep. Good chat. Okay, I'll put TC in. And who is the last piece of the
1: man puzzle? Who uh, again, uh, that player that gets, surprisingly, get into my all-time 11, a player I absolutely loved. And it is I think it's about, people always say, your favourite music is when, you're, is when you're 15, 16, 17. Yeah. And David Cross was my favourite player when I was 15, 16, 17. He never won Hammer of the Year but he had a fantastic record for us. I went, mean, you know,
0: yeah.
1: we, he joined us uh, during the season. We got relegated, but we were in the second division. He was absolutely fantastic. Mm. He, um, you felt you always gave your belief when he was on the, which I always assumed he was like Peter with size, but I saw him a few years ago. He was only about five foot nine or five foot 10. So he's not, he's not a big fella, but he was strong. He was mm. fierce. He was competitive um and we loved him and he loved us and i think that when he left um i think it was an absolute disaster and he you know he, he was scoring just under one in two for us yeah and he went on uh, he went on to play for man city and a couple other clubs he never really got it and uh, i told you my friend at um university what we really bonded on was a continuous row that had gone on over the last 34 years about david cross because he was claims that cross was a donkey yeah we had these rounds almost on our first night university in 1986 and we're still having them on whatsapp now because i i i got yeah and you i i got a t-shirt of david cross uh there was a um there was a sort of cult heroes or cult zeros website you can put your favorite player on there the picture of cross i've got it in there and i went to the black lion wearing it and it's like people of a certain age just went a bit quiet Oh, one of those that's fantastic, and I mean you know, we start talking about you know work like david cross was and um there is you know if you're i mean I don't know if you've done Nigel Carl for any of these yes again yeah, he's exactly the same yeah he's yeah he makes my adoration of david cross look minimal i mean he's you know he's tracking down he's done interviews he's done youtube videos with yeah. him and stuff like that I know he's done I haven't watched this one yet, but yeah he he just hit you yeah, know if you're if you' watching West Ham as a teenager during when he was playing 77 and eighty-two or 83 whenever he left yeah you always thought you had a chance you always thought you had faith you know um, and you always thought that whatever happened he would go down fighting if he lost mm. so a tremendous player and he shouldn't have left us because Man City didn't deserve him and yeah. he should have seen his career at West Ham I loved yeah. him
0: yeah and he's a lovely guy. We've had him on the channel. And I, I, I
1: met his daughter a couple of times. Who's was um, Kate Cross, who's an England international cricketer now. Yeah and, yeah. and she's doing, you know, she's grown up being a sort of a, a superstar broadcaster. She's got it. Yeah. It means for, to be a broadcaster. She's funny. She's clever. You get the sense that she grew up in a very, very you know, good household.
0: Yeah. 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 Um,
1: yeah, and you know the love that she got from her family made her into sort of brilliant all-round person. Yeah, I
0: agree.
1: She's, um, she's great, and I think you know I think you know, uh, a, a gift to cricket fans like me from David Cross, I think, and yeah, is his son some, something you know. Is, as one of the record scorers in the Lancashire League. So yeah, he's obviously got a big sporting family going on out there.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, no, Kate, she was she had to sort out um, David Zoom <laughs> when we <laughs>
1: interviewed him, which was really sweet.
0: He was lovely. He was lovely, lovely guy. And that's and that's stopped that's that's completed the team nicely, George. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you so much for your time. There's a lot of thought got into that. I appreciate yeah. that. I love it when people put a bit of, put a bit of background, you know, take, take their time, and that's really, really good. And, a, and a, different, um, uh, a different theme as well, which was nice as well. It's really good. Yeah. Thank you, George. And My it's been pleasure. Gr- and it's been great sitting in on the Zoom calls as well, the Zoom watch-alongs. I like it. It's great. Yeah, time. I know.
1: Yeah, well, uh, hopefully we might get to win.
0: Yeah, but, um, we'll be all right. We'll be all
1: right. I don't know. Uh, Chelsea
0: out the way, and I think we'll be all right then. From then on, that's my that's well, my. I, think, th- I, think, I mean, I
1: fancy
0: us against Chelsea. I always do. I do. I mean, we've got a week. You know, I mean, it's not yeah. the players have had had a rest or anything for the last three months, but they've got a week but, to sort themselves out. Well, what,
1: what, what, what do you know about what's happening with Haller? Is it, It's not. I said he's gone for the season.
0: I think I I, I have no. I I imagine my my I, I don't have any 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 clue. But you know, for me, yeah. I think I think Haller would. I think they, they didn't think he'd be back for Tottenham anyway, and Og as well. And um they could both be back for Chelsea, so who knows? Who knows? We don't know. We live, we live in hope. We live in hope. We're West Ham fans. That's all we do. We, we hope for a brighter future. Anyway, George, thank you so much, and obviously thanks to everyone for watching, um, like, share, subscribe, do all that type of stuff. Comment, make notes. You know, anyone else you want me to interview, let me know, and I'll try and get them on. And until next time, for me and George, uh, take care, everybody. Stay safe, and we'll see you all very, very soon. See you guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network